We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, we're forgetting about you like always. We have another interview. I'm super excited for this one. Again, um, left-handed reliever, he's going to be up in the majors this year. I already know it. Um, I know he's going to be super humble about it, just like everybody else is, but I already I already feel it. Um, Connor Higgins. Connor, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate no problem. it. Thank you for coming on, jumping on, taking a couple minutes, talking with us. Um, it's pretty awesome. We've been having quite a few uh, players come on. So it's, um, it's just good to talk with players and, and talk with you in particular. Um, how's the off season going? Everything going good? It's going really well. Kind of getting to that point where I'm getting antsy, where I'm just dying to put that uniform on. But uh, no, it's good. I'm probably ramped all the way up to what I, what I need to be at right now. So uh, I'm just kind of ready to go at that point, really. You get a report date or anything yet, or are we just? Uh, so no. So the starters, the starters are in like a mini camp, and new draft guys are right now. So still talking to other relievers in the org. We're still waiting for our report date, but uh, kind of just waiting, kind of waiting yeah. to play. Yep, I said. Uh, I mean, once once we get everything going, hopefully this lockout ends. Um, I would assume, um, just from my standpoint, you're going to have all the opportunities in the world this uh, spring training, whenever that starts, to win a yeah. win a job. Um, with the big league squad on opening day, like I said, I'm super excited. I was worried that you were going to get taken in the roll five. And I was like, please, nobody take him. Nobody take him. I want to see him. I want to see him come up with the angels. But, uh, but yeah, I'm excited uh, that you're going to, I already know you're going to get all the opportunities this spring and um, in this upcoming year. So um, I just want to start off with a little bit of rapid fire questions for you. This is the first time that I've kind of done this with a player. So uh, what flavor seeds you uh, do you eat? Ooh, that's tough. I'm more of a barbecue guy. Original kind of gets a little stale, but I'll go barbecue. I'm not really a dill pickle at all. <laughs> I love barbecue for sure. Or cracked pepper. Cracked pepper is really good from Spain. Okay, so he's on the same page. Good he's stuff. On the, he's on the page. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, do you, uh, what, what flavor of bubble gum are you chewing? Just normal? Bubble gum? Probably normal bubble gum. Okay. But actually, a funny story about seeds. I've stayed away from seeds. Actually, this happened last season down in Pennsylvania. We finally got the 
like the go ahead to spit, oh, yeah. like because of the COVID protocol last year. So I got to spit last year, and I went through like a bag and a half first day down in Pensacola. My gums actually got infected from so many seeds. I couldn't eat for a week down there. I lost like 10 pounds. So I really haven't been on the seeds since about then, but uh, I've been scarred for a little bit over a year now. <laughs> that's that's brutal. Wow. Um, well, yeah. glad that you're good now. But uh, yeah, it's you're, you're going to that stuff on the performance side. I lost seven pounds that week, and I'm throwing 88 because I couldn't eat all week. But uh, <laughs> so stuff like that happened last year, yeah. So I went oh. away from seeds. <laughs> what what what's um what flavored Gatorade are you drinking? Ooh, I'm a big uh, yellow guy right now. I don't know what is lemon lime. I guess you call. I've been yeah, loving green, Yeah, whatever you call it. Yes, the best flavor, the best flavor. I think we we've established that on the show. And then last question: Are you a home jersey, road jersey, or are you an alternate jersey guy? Ooh, that's tough. I love red. Red's my favorite color. So. The red, the reds are the cool thing. I like the red. They were at both home and away, right? Or, yep. yep. Alternate. I'm gonna say, yeah, the alternate. But <laughs> I love the red. That just screams halos. Definitely does. Definitely does. And I know you guys. I think had the maroons uh, at ASU that you guys oh, were yeah. wearing time <laughs> time. Those are pretty sweet jerseys as well. The black alternates were my favorites at ASU, even though it wasn't really our colors. They just looked sick coming out with a black jersey on a Friday night. Was- ASU's got. I mean, like the football team too. They got some sweet. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. ASU in general has just got sick. It's like got sick colors. Got sick jerseys. So, <laughs> um, speaking of ASU, you've been drafted twice. Once, I believe, in the thirty-fifth round by the Rangers out of high school, if I'm not mistaken. Oh uh, no, it's my sophomore year. Sophomore, draft okay. eligible sophomore, and then went to the Cape Cod. Didn't really know I was draft eligible, and I came in the dugout. I was actually starting at that point, so I was like, "Hey, dude, the Rangers just popped you." I was like, "Really?" And they're like, "Yeah, you were draft eligible sophomore," and then kind of did like a draft and see kind of thing. They're like, "Because I think it's like four weeks until the signing period's done." So they came and watched me throw up there, and then we just kind of didn't agree on a number, and then went back to school for my junior year. Sweet. So let's get on to the Angels draft side. Did you know you were going to be drafted? Was it the Angels all along? Like, I know uh, it was the 35th round or 30th round, but yeah. like, were you expecting to go that year? So Angels was actually, I went to two pre draft workouts and I, my junior year, just something wasn't clicking. My velo was down, my control was down. And I went to a pre draft workout at Angel Stadium actually about four days before the draft and probably was the best I threw in 2018. And I was like, okay, this looks like it could be a good possibility. So they called me pretty late, and I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's go. I'm ready to be a Halo. Sweet. And what, what was that day like? Was it just like, you know, family was around? What were you, what were you doing? Because I know uh, I've had it some – had... It was actually funny. So I was actually flying home the next morning to go see my sister graduate high school. So I was actually by myself for the draft here in Arizona oh. because my other buddies were all out in the Cape Cod playing at this point, and I'm just here waiting kind of see where I'm going to take my stuff. Am I going to an Arizona League team? Am I going to a GCL team? Mm-hmm. And um, so kind of just waiting around. I heard a bunch of different calls from different scouts from other orgs. And then the Angels called me in the 30th. They're like, are you ready to be an Angel? I was like, hell yeah, let's just go. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, it, was a long, it was a long 20 rounds on that day three of the draft. But uh, I was just happy to get picked up. Yep, and the rest is history. You're now in AAA. Um, like I said, going to be making probably your pro debut here, uh, a major league debut in the next year. I'm super excited. Uh, I've been watching ever since. Uh, high A and Inland Empire is the first time I got to see you, yep. and you're just impressed right away. That's all, that's all I got to say. That's forever going out too. With yeah. the <laughs> it really was. It really was. So wow. um, I know. You, so you mentioned the Cape Cod League. Did you know you were on a team with five Angels at the time? Really? Yeah. Oh, you had yeah. A, Daniel Lingenfelter. Um, who else on that team? Ju- Justin Coons. Justin Coons, yes. And then, uh, now Chris Mulfetta. Chris, yes, Chris Mulfetta. that's right. Yes. Wow, that's right. Yeah, wow. I did. Because at one point it was me, Lingenfelter, Davis Daniel, and Mulfetta all in Rocket City at the same point together yep. last year. Yeah, no, I, I was looking it up and I was like, okay, where, who did he play for? Because we got buddies that obviously play out there. And yeah. then we, have, we know the, the one of the coaches out there uh, is a peg? Pick. Pick. Uh, 
Pickler, uh, Coach Pickler's out oh, there. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yes, yeah. He's got a um, he's got a team out there, and we know him pretty well. Okay. Um, and I was like, I wonder who he played for and all this. And I was looking down. I was like, one, two, three, four, five, five angels. <laughs> <laughs> this is flying through it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, what what's Cape like? I know you only made four starts out there, I think, but like, what what's that like? Uh, it's just different. So it was actually funny. So I was actually with my good friend Hunter Bishop. We were in a probably a one story house with three kids, two dogs, a cat, a mom and dad, a bedroom, probably about this far apart, the two beds. And it was just, it's a different experience. You go from hotels at ASU on the road to going to Cape Cod and everyone's in a lawn chair. I loved it though. It was, it's just, it made baseball fun again. Kind of, you go from the pressure of a Pac-12 weekend to just throwing on a backfield. We were actually played at an elementary school of all places. So it was, it was fun. It was a good change of pace, but the competition is the best too out of so you're facing first and second rounders one through nine in the lineup yeah summer ball is always the best i know nate's got summer ball like he's been playing he's been coaching i've played i've coached summer ball it's just it's honestly it's just such a relaxed atmosphere it's 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 oh, so much better than summer before i went to alaska and i still rave about alaska just 24 hours of sunlight in the summer i've never had more fun in my life i've heard Did you guys play in the midnight game oh yeah oh okay uh, I heard, that's awesome play the glacier pilots in alaska yeah that's right wow that's, that's pretty sweet cool. So I know Nate had a Nate had a question about the Cape Cod League. So Nate, yeah, I mean he he kind of already mentioned it that they had first rounders one through nine. So like teammate wise and, and like facing facing other guys, who was the best guy you faced, or maybe the most fun guy to face out there Ooh. that you remember? I actually ended up did facing Alec Bohm a lot with the Phillies. Okay, yeah, we would face him all the time. I actually saw him at the Waste Management Open last week, and we were talking about. It. He's like, dude, you were such a hard out. He's like, dude, I hated facing. He <laughs> six off in a row and then just put one in play. But uh, he was probably one of the toughest outside to face. Okay. And I think he went second or third overall in that next. Yeah. Game. Yeah, he's special. He's a special talent out there in Philly. So, um, Waste Management Open, did you see the hole-in-one? Were you there for Oh, that? yeah. I was actually – I was with my other buddy, Logan Webb, and we saw like, kind of a group of, like, not really no-names, but not, like, select guys. He's like, hey, man, let's go to the bathroom. I'm like, hold on, let's just watch one more round of, tea, of guys teeing off, and we just see him. We're like, oh, my God. <laughs> we were on the second level of 16. The beer and just whatever it was just came <laughs> – pouring down on us i smelled like a beer for about 12 hours a day i couldn't get it off but it was for sure like a top two sports moment i've ever seen in my entire life that's awesome people who live 15 minutes away so they could hear the roar actually on 16 which is it was just like i still get chills from it it was just such a loud genuine roar just oh my god no, but uh not, I'll never forget not only the best hole in golf the like one of the best like traditions in in sports mm-hmm. honestly is that that's oh that's so god. cool that's so awesome. Oh, I, I love it. it. I feel like everyone should play in it at least once in their career. It's just different. Yep. It really is. It's, it's pretty sweet. So um, let's get on to last year, uh, 2021. Yep. You played, you played in double a um, it's, it's been talked about a lot. Like uh, I, I brought this up with reporters, brought this up with scouts, double a um, rocket city in particular was a different place for guys. You saw somebody like Davis Daniel really perform. You performed very well. It just seemed like a different place. Um, and I know Jay Bell, had probably a lot to do with it to be honest you yeah i love he speaks highly about him um what was that atmosphere like uh playing for jay jay was jay was the man he was uh it was tough it was so tough too from not playing all in 2020 and then kind of easing everyone back into 2021 especially with the covid protocol every day but jay he was the definition of a player's manager like we're outside shagging every day he would go up to every reliever have a 10 minute conversation how's your day how's your family 
how'd you think about your performance last night? That's what I loved about Jay. He took the time. He treated one through 26 all the same. Didn't matter if you were a free agent, first round pick. He was just the absolute man. I still I actually texted him the other day. He goes, hey, man, I wish you nothing but the best of luck this season. I'm going to be following. So that's the type of guy Jay was. He was a, a real players manager. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, like I said, everybody I talk to, any like whether it's reporters, whether it's scouts, whether it's players, just rave about Jay Bell. And I, I – like I know, and Nate and I have talked about this in the past. I know it's, mm-hmm. this is Joe Madden's last year contract year, and I would love to see Jay get an opportunity at the major league oh, level. I think that, that like, he's 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 the man. He really is the man. Um, so I mean, pitching development has been a huge, huge thing that the Angels have, um, you know, really, I guess, pushed for lately. Um, you were drafted under Billy Epler and staff. Now we're with Perry Manassi and staff. What is, is has that been a change? Has anything really changed, or is it kind of still um, a little bit? So I'd say the pitching philosophy was a little different. Billy Epler, he was all about kind of any pitch, any count, throwing gas back in the day, and now it's more of like, hey, let's just play with what you got. Oh, you're a vert guy. Let's so I'm everything that went my fastballs up in the top of the zone right now, and then my sliders they kind of want in that uh, kind of tic tac toe board, that bottom right court quadrant. Yep. So kind of cool just to look at all the numbers from 2021 and see what plays best, slider on the left side of the plate, right side of the plate, up, down, fastball. So that's kind of the cool part of more just kind of focused in on exactly where they want the pitches right now instead of, all right, let's just rip some three, two sliders and throw it as hard as we can over the zone. So that's been super cool. And then just even the development of being able to have a track man now and send it to Dylan Axelrod. Okay, hey, let's do this a little bit better. So that's what I like how the Angels have kind of progressed every year, and I feel like I've kind of improved every year too with the Angels. So yeah, I was going to say more uh, more Rap Soto stuff then. Oh, for a lot of Rap Soto, a lot of Trackman, and um, what's the other one? Edgetronic, which has been really okay. good. Like, hey, you're a little bit on the side, you're sliding mm-hmm. a little bit behind it. So that's been super cool because every spring training bullpen, they have all three of those on every single bullpen, which is super cool. And even the 3D motion stuff they have for us, hey, you're not, you're a little too little late on release. So the Halos have been really, really good with the technology last year and a half, I'd say. That's huge. Yeah, that's awesome to hear from a, from a player's perspective because I know for the longest time the Angels kind of, I don't want to say didn't want to do that, but just yeah. weren't doing the, the – They were behind. Yeah, they were behind the eight yeah, ball. Felt like, sure. Yeah, especially talking with guys like Kenny Rosenberg, who's coming from Tampa, and you know Tampa yeah. is, is oh just God. crushing, you know, the, um, the analytical side of things. So yeah. it's good to see the Angels catching up. Um, on that side of things and hearing it firsthand from you for sure oh, for so, sure yeah we're, i'm on a zoom call every week with um, michael Wirtz, okay. and we're just breaking down okay let's look at your every week except for right, sliders against righty next week fastballs against lefty so it's pretty cool just taking a 30-minute conversation to break down every pitch and location right now which is super cool it's awesome that's great to hear and like i said words is a great guy uh, dylan axelrod's a fantastic guy as well they know their stuff they're extremely smart so um nate i know you had a double a triple a question i think yeah yeah since since he did get to play in triple a it was awesome to see you there but did you notice there's a difference like typically the double a guys are, are probably you're probably facing a little bit better competition in double a but when you get to triple a it's a little bit harder to pitch did you notice that was what For was the sure, difference actually it's actually a funny story i tell people all the time so I had a crazy day going from Biloxi, Mississippi to Tacoma, Washington for my, uh, my call up from double A to triple A. My first pitch, I showed up actually in the third inning of the game. For, you know, my flight was a little delayed. My first pitch might have went about 419 feet to dead center. And um, so they throw it in and Renhef, Luis Renhefo, hey, man, welcome to triple A. Ball flies here. I was like, oh, geez, you're not lying. <laughs> that ball was barely touched. But uh, uh but uh, And then I threw the next couple batters to, uh, I think it was like Eric Felia, and he just spit on three great sliders. And I was like, all right. So it's like the sliders definitely got to be a little more in the zone now, not chasing as much. 
that was the biggest thing I kind of noticed between double A and triple A is those guys have seen so many elite pitches. They're just spitting on good breaking balls or fastballs out of the zone, which is more discipline at bats, I'd say. Absolutely. And um, on top of that question with Nate, what about the balls? Did they, were, were double A and triple A balls? Yeah, in so a little it bit? was weird. So I don't really know what to call the triple A ball. So you got the double A, the normal minor league ball. Triple A, I guess you can kind of like a knockoff big league ball because okay. those things get scuffed so easily, but they still have the big league seam. So I really don't know what to call a triple A ball. And then the last, the um, what do they call Like the 10 game set last year that we got ended at the triple A season. <laughs> they kind of mixed in some of the Olympic balls that they use in Japan. And those things were actually – I really love those. Those were good sticky balls, and they had good seams. So I hope they go forward with those because the Olympic balls were some of the best I got to throw with. Not to yeah, get on the touch. Not I was going to say the sticky substance has got to be yeah. an issue. but Yeah, uh, no, for sure. You could tell a couple guys' stuff went down a little bit last year. It was awkward getting those checks last year, too, having to throw your belt <laughs> on that. But I never really was a huge sticky stuff guy, but it was definitely a big change for some guys last year. I bet. I didn't want to get controversial with it, but I know there was there was always going to be a little bit of a difference from league to league with the baseballs and and yeah. you know of course the ball flies in AAA just mm-hmm. you know so oh, you would ask that so um, let's see what else do we got here um, actually Nate you, you have a question about uh, the college right uh, well we could college. talk a little bit about about ASU I mean playing I mean you got to play in the Pac-12 which is awesome so you got to play against UCLA and Oregon State all these elite programs and then you got to play with Torkelson and. And, and like you mentioned, uh, Bishop, you know, yeah. two top, what, 30 prospects in baseball right now. What was that like? Uh, you kind of mentioned you and Bishop really, really close. So, so yeah, I got what was to play like? two years with Bishop and only one with Torkelson. But you could just tell, especially with Torkelson, he's just different. Like, a freshman coming in and just hitting 26 home runs, just the way he talks about the game. And it's actually been super beneficial, too. So on the backfield at ASU, I've been throwing live at-bats to Spencer Torkelson, Hunter Bishop, and Andrew Vaughn. So it's not like I'm facing scrubs right now, too, yeah. on the backfield at ASU. <laughs> but, no, it's nice to just talk about those, too, because they're three different directions right now. Torkelson's in Florida. Bishop's with the Giants. Had to deal with a couple injuries. And just we all kind of circle back and just talk about times at ASU, how we were successful there, what we're doing now, what's not successful. So it's kind of great just having those guys be my two best friends and just talking sequences of at-bats and – hey, like, we're really vocal with these live at-bats instead of just going at it. Hey, what are you thinking? Were you thinking fastball up there or were you thinking slider away? So it's been really good, productive live at-bats with those guys this offseason, but they're both in mini camp right now, so those came to an end. But it was a good good thing for us to do in January, February so far this offseason. Yeah, that's what's fun about playing against those guys too is, like, just being – that was one of my favorite things pitching-wise, going up yeah. to some of the best hitters on, on our team and just being like, hey, so what are you seeing when, you go, when you're facing me? Like, what are you looking for? You're looking for the change of boy, obviously, because that's my go-to pitch. So, like, wh- how do I get you out, you know, kind of like <laughs> – For sure. Because <laughs> I don't want to give up tanks in, in inner squads. Like, I'm trying to win a job too. And then you get into the regular season, it's like I, I still want to be successful, so I already know they're going to have a report exactly. on me. So how can I get you guys out? So and it's those fun. are always fun. Spencer from the right side and Bishop from the left side. I'm like, hey, oh, what perfect. Doing? Yeah, so it's just been, it's been good to have those guys with positive feedback the last four or five weeks. Definitely. Awesome. That's that's cool to hear, you know, that, like I said, picking the brains of some of the best hitters out there, um, you being able to throw those guys and, and like I said, learning from both sides of, of it of, yep. um, as well. So last question here for you before I let you go. What okay. does a successful 2022 look like for you? Successful 22 and 22 for me, that's definitely so I'm actually incorporating a more of a like a change up kind of two seam right now too to kind of get some because I go off that cutter slider all to the right side. 
So I'm trying to go probably change up and then kind of just getting everything in the zone right now. Got the triple A, kind of change up the mechanics a little bit, started losing control a little bit, but kind of go back to my double A mechanics where I was more into my back leg. But uh, yeah, kind of mixing those change ups and uh, just kind of keep going. So just ripping live at bats right now over at Push Performance with uh, actually Jared Walsh's training there too. He's another good brain to pick too, especially <laughs> being a great round pick and just being yep. awesome last year. But uh, so yeah, we got live at bats, especially at the gym on push performance. Like the guys throwing tomorrow, we got like Walker Bueller, Sean Doolittle, Logan Webb, and it's just great just being able to pick these guys' brains and kind of just be like, hey, you gotta do this to be in the big league. So like, I'm like, yeah, you guys have been doing it, but uh, like, hey, you're right there, just refine a little stuff and you're there. So definitely just kind of be in the zone and kind of refine that change up slider a little more. Absolutely, it sounds like a fantastic plan. And again, thank you so much for for joining us here, talking Halo, yeah. taking the time out of your day, man. Um, I really do appreciate it again. So. Um, and, and of course, best of luck to you next year, uh, guys, if you're not following him, go, um, go make sure you watch this guy when he's in, in wherever he starts the season, whether, you know, in the spring training, cause definitely a name you got to be looking out for uh, at the major league level for sure. I know he's, again, I know he's being super humble. I know all these guys are super humble about that, but I really do. I really do mean it. Watch out for this guy at the major league level. Um, it's good. It's a very special, special talent. So again, thanks Connor so much for, uh, for joining us here on talking halos and guys, thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.